Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the legendary Sergio Tacchini, brand worn by John McEnroe, Vitas Gerolitis, Novak Djokovic, and Gabriella Sabatini. Check them out at SergioTacchini.com and use the code SHAP30 in all caps to receive 30% off of your order. He grew up in Bangalore, India, and made his debut on the Indian Davis Cup team in 2002. 2013, he got to three in the world in doubles. He has won 19 tournaments throughout his career. Now he's an elder statesman on tour and has at times played doubles with Denis Shapovalov and is the tour's coffee. Yep, you heard that right. The tour's coffee guru. Rohan Bopana is today's guest. So do I have it right? You're in Korg, C-O-O-R-G. That's right, uh, Craig. Yeah, you got that correct. And is that the home of coffee? Or is that the home of tennis? What is that? Where is that the home of in India? It's actually where coffee in India is grown. So it is the land of coffee. And, uh, you know, it's based in south of India, in the state of Karnataka. It's about uh, 250 kilometers from uh, Bangalore. It's a nice, beautiful hill station. And, and you live in Bangalore? Right now, yes, I do live in Bangalore. The first 14 years of my life, I did live here in Kork. In Kork. Gentlemen, you hear a former world number three doubles player carry the torch, carries the torch for the Indian Davis Cup team for a lot of years. He's been a staple on the ATP tour for... More than two decades. That's right. Yeah, that's that's definitely sounds long. Man, you played a lot of tennis, and he has to be the only pro tennis player with his own brand of coffee. I'm looking right at it, and that's Rowan Bopana coming to me from Korg, India. He's in India. I'm in LA. This is incredible. Technology is incredible. But I'm looking at his coffee, Maverick and Farmer. Rohan Bopana's Master Blend. I've been drinking it. It's 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 really I gotta say it's outstanding. And you grew up in coffee. Would that be fair to say? Uh, that's very very fair to say, Craig. I mean, uh, coffee came way before my tennis. It's been part of uh, our family for a long time now. And uh, you know, I've grown up in the coffee plantation. Um, for me, actually. Uh, there was a tennis court right next to our estate. I mean, I have to tell you a little story on that. Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to yeah. get to it. I have, as you know, I, we do a five-set format. The first That's set it. is the off-the-court report. And I do got to know, is your coffee knowledge and pedigree as, as significant as your tennis? Uh, to, uh, to be honest, yes, it is pretty, pretty uh, high up there. And, uh, you know, I would say... I definitely know a lot more uh, in my coffee uh, than, uh, uh, you know, my tennis also, I would say. I think that the people in the, at least in the Western world, I don't think we realize that India has a significant, not just coffee, coffee culture, but coffee producer. For our listeners, if you go, if you look up Maverick and Farmer, spelled just the way it looks, Maverick and Farmer, there's incredibly impressive website, incredibly impressive branding, beautiful. And that is your coffee. 
Thank you so much, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, tied up with a few friends, uh, you know, who have uh, who had been part of uh, the coffee uh, business for a long time. Uh, you know, I have a very close family friend, so that's how I got into the uh, coffee aspect. We obviously grew coffee for uh, you know a lot of generations, and then when I was talking to him, uh, who was part of the Maverick and Farmer team, and I told him I'd love to come up with my uh, you know, own beans and, uh, you know, I just wanted to take it out there and give it to all the tennis players because so many of the tennis players love their coffee and like exactly how you said it, not, I don't think anyone knew that India produced coffee. They always thought it was tea. South of India produced some fantastic coffee. Unfortunately, it's not known so much across the globe and, uh, you know, I think now in the tennis circuit, they all know that, uh, you know, I come from a coffee background. I think uh, most of the ATP players, at least, have uh, really enjoyed the coffee. A uh, few of them have asked uh, me to keep bringing it. One point a time, my suitcase had more coffee packets than my clothes I was carrying to tournaments. So, yeah, so it is, uh, uh, you know, nice to share some Indian coffee across the globe. Now... Can you speak to the significance of Indians' coffee production? Is it, do, do people drink Indian coffee and they don't even realize it? Like, what's what's the situation with that? I think when you have a billion people in your country, right, it's, uh, huh. you know, you're already drinking quite a bit of coffee from a, one country. So, But I think the coffee board has uh, been trying to, uh, you know, export uh, Indian coffee and put it out there. It is... Some some places when I go to some restaurants uh, somewhere in within Eastern Europe or some other places in Europe, I do see some uh, coffee beans which have come out of India, but I never really see it uh, in any of the shelves. If I go to uh, one of the supermarkets in the U.S., for example, I always look at all the various different uh, coffee beans from across the globe, but unfortunately, nothing from India. And then sometimes I think, why not? I mean, we do produce some really good quality you know coffee so it should definitely be there for everyone to try it out now what am i holding in my hand explain this to me what is, it says let me say it says for our listeners it says rowan bopana's master blend 90 percent wet processed 10 percent dry processed tasting notes toffee mildly sweet medium roast date of roasting september 22nd 2021 so basically, Craig, that uh, beans which you have, uh, you know, with you are a type of coffee from the Arabica plant. The two types of plants, which is then Arabica and a Robusta. So the Arabica plant is one mostly a lot of people drink the coffee from. Uh, obviously, it's, it's a single estate origin uh, coffee. So the beans are produced right here in our estate. And it, it is mildly roasted because majority of the people who do try their coffee first, sometimes if it's really dark roasted, it probably feels very bitter in the taste. So it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, how people like their steak, if I would say. If you go really rare, that's how light the coffee is. If you go very well done, and that, that's the dark roast. So, you know, just to give you a kind of a little bit of example for somebody who... Uh, is just listening into those simple aspects. I'm good on that medium roast, but I got to say uh, the the taste is delicious. Thank you. The the amount of caffeine in the coffee is is significant. Like I'm pretty fired up now. Will you bang down a glass cup before you get on the court, or you don't do that? 
No, no, I absolutely do that. I carry my own filter when I'm traveling. I carry the beans. So, you know, that is uh, always something I love to have the first thing uh, in the morning, especially uh, before my breakfast. So I've enjoyed traveling with it now. And, uh, you know, before I used to travel with a little bit, I used to buy coffee and, you know, travel with it. But now since, you know, I've come up with uh, the own blend and the taste, which I like, you know, I, I do travel with it quite often. Let's move into the second set. This is our on-the-court report. You played Russia. What do you do for the next 10 weeks in advance of uh, the Australian Open? So this month, uh, November, normally I try and really spend time, a lot of time with my family, uh, go on a little break, uh, meet all my friends. And this is kind of my time off before, you know, I get back to the off-season training routine in December, which I have about three weeks before going into Australia. So I, I find uh, this the most productive time to really catch up with everyone because, of course, with technology today, you can do that. But personally, going and meeting uh, friends is really special. I've had, you know, a lot of friends. Uh, uh, you know, when you're traveling, the amount of sacrifice a tennis player makes from staying away from, uh, you know, family, friends is a lot. So it's a really nice time to do all that. And uh, this is the month for, uh, you know, uh, we have a few big Indian festivals, which I get to celebrate during this period of time. Which ones? We just had a Diwali festival, uh, Diwali. which my wa- Diwali, it's um, a festival of lights, uh, you know, and uh, taking away evil and everything. So my wife, uh, my daughter and uh, myself, we went to a, a beautiful uh, city called Jaipur up in the north part of India. And uh, we spent uh, about three days there and really enjoyed uh, our time there. And I saw pictures. You looked incredible. I saw you dressed to kill in like the traditional silky clothes. Very nice. A lot of colors in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've always uh, had that tradition of, uh, you know, wherever you go, uh, any part of India, everybody's dressed in a lot of color and it's very colorful and beautiful. So it was, it was nice to do something different away from, uh, you know, my regular... Uh, tennis circuit and uh, right now I'm here in Kool for about four days spending time with my uh, parents uh, and um, in another uh, three four days I'm going to the beach area which is a city called Goa um, we have our anniversary coming so I'm going uh, not only with the family but also some close friends spending some time there uh, and then come back and get back into the routine in December uh, the, the best part about uh, now training uh, in the off-season training is that I have a tennis academy, so I can actually go and, you know, be part of the academy and train with the kids who are already training there. I'm curious about your academy. Are you developing high-performance players? Do you have a ton of courts? I'm curious. Where is it? Uh, so, correct uh, to start off, uh, you know, I've al- I also had... Um, for this idea for a long time, I started it uh, uh, five years ago uh, back in Bangalore. Uh, I just started a development academy just to see how it goes and everything. And then a um, couple of years ago, I actually opened up a new center tied up with uh, in association with the sports school. And it's a first of its kind in the, of uh, a school, which is in India, which is prioritizing to sport, especially because m- in India, we have tons and tons of educational institutions, but we don't have many institutions or 
for matter of fact one single institution which focuses only on sport so this is a type with the sports school and we have about seven tennis courts uh, right now and uh, we have almost 71 kids in the academy uh, starting from the age of 6 all the way up to me at 41 <laughs> to be honest uh, you know we are training for high performance as well and uh, we've had uh, a good fair amount of uh, success with the juniors doing well the idea was to really bring in a structure i don't think india has ever had a structure in terms of coaching uh you know so i thought that is a very significant for me to bring in i mean i made sure that we got a good set of strength and conditioning guys had a have a good physio there not only the tennis coaches but they all go through a routine and so that when tomorrow they play at a higher level or they play at the junior grand slam or play at the grand slams for example they're not taken by surprise with what all is going on or what the other players are doing so i wanted to bring in that culture just to make them understand and i said let's start it from there and then take it forward and uh, so it's been this new center has been 2 years since uh, we have opened uh, and it's uh, really motivating i have a good set of young coaches i have uh, one of um, mr balachandran who's been 30 years he actually helped uh, my tennis also back in the day so i brought him on board because with so much of his experience is helped me grow this academy Who's that, please? Uh, M. Balachandran. 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 He's he, from. Uh, he's, he's one of your. Uh, he's one of your coaches. That's right. Yeah. So he's been coaching for thirty years. He not only coaches the students, but he coaches the coaches as well. For our listeners, you know, Indian tennis has uh, been. A, it's a very significant part of Indian sports culture for a lot of years. beginning with you know Ramanathan Krishnan and his son Ramesh Krishnan had some massive wins and results I think he beat I think he might have beat John McEnroe at the US Open and then of course the Amitraj family has been uh very significant in in Indian tennis Davis Cup is I believe is is a very important tradition in in Indian tennis what is the state of Indian tennis now are you getting is the is the country putting in the money and the support that it deserves correct to be really honest it's not at all doing that it's been uh, very very hard for every indian tennis player out there they have to try and make it on their own unfortunately there has been no support why is that wrong i think because there's nobody's really focusing on a structure nobody's really coming out with a great plan of how to help these indian athletes a lot of uh, the coaches uh, i have felt is they're just helping themselves they're not really helping them to grow the the kid or the sport as such which which is unfortunate because i think we have tremendous amount of talent and very very few coaches are trying to do that but it's extremely difficult because tennis is a very expensive sport uh you know in our in our uh, association with the sports school we have given almost up to 200000 dollars worth of uh, tennis and education scholarship it's uh, you know first of its kind i said because uh it has boarding lodging education and tennis and i feel that it has to start from within first before you You know, look in, you know, and try and reach out to other people to also to come in and help. And 
And what about Leander and Mahesh? Are they trying to build uh, pro tennis? Are they trying to build tennis? Uh, Leander is not. Uh, Mahesh did actually try to, you know, help uh, a lot for the Indian tennis. But unfortunately, uh, in between, there was some, uh, I think, financial sponsors, uh, uh, you know, which backed out last minute and that became tough. Uh, you know, he's, he's still, uh, I know, helping a lot of, uh, you know, players. Sumit Nagal is one of the players Mahesh has helped, you know, from a very young age. And uh, he's, uh, he's doing pretty uh well right now and uh you know so i think they are the guys who want also tennis to really improve uh in a big way but you know it it takes a lot of commitment a lot of time so and i think that is something i'm really willing to give uh, back to the sport will you play doubles with shapovalov in australia Actually, I, I, I'm not going to be playing with uh, Shapovalov in Australia. I think especially in the Grand Slams, it's very hard for a singles player to yeah. play two events. So, uh, I think I totally understand, uh, you know, that uh, he won't be playing doubles there. But uh, I'm sure in few events, somewhere down the Master Series or something, if I get a chance to play with him, I will definitely will play with him. He's just a fantastic and fabulous guy. Do you have your partner picked for the next rounds of tennis here? Yeah, actually, I'm, uh, uh, you know, the first time I'm actually mentioning this, uh, so you'll be the first one to hear it out, and it's uh, Roger, uh, Roger Vaseline, Edward Roger Vaseline, who I, who I've played with in the past. So I will be starting the uh, Australian Open season with him, and uh, he's just coming off a hip surgery, hip replacement. So, uh, you know, since I've played with him in the past, I know... Uh, we have done well, uh, uh, you know, together. So I know what to expect. So really looking forward to, you know, being playing with him again. Uh, Roger Vaslin, the French player. How did that come about? Who who makes the phone call there? Who you you do it on text? You do it on Zoom? You do it in person uh, in Saint Petersburg? Uh, how does that happen? Actually, uh, since he's been after Wimbledon, he had stopped, uh, you know, because of his hip uh, surgery, and he actually. He's the one who reached out, and uh, I was looking for partners. Uh, I had asked a few, but they had already been set, and uh, uh, so I was happy to, you know, uh, answer his text message and say, "Yeah, let's do it." Do you have an opinion of the the vaccine situation moving into the Australian swing, the summer down under? Actually, I'm just hoping, uh, the biggest thing I'm hoping is that they let the kids there. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, two daughter, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, kids are allowed to travel, uh, you know, to Australia. But I think it's the right thing to do to, today with uh, the way this pandemic has gone, where the coronavirus is going on. I've seen it here in India with, uh, you know, how everybody slowly have gotten the vaccination, and it has made a huge Huge difference, huge difference in terms of, uh, you know, making everything better. A huge difference in hospitalizations and deaths. Absolutely, yes, been both. It's, uh, you know, made a positive impact. Rowan Bopana, pro-vaccine. Have you had any interesting conversations with players that are opposed to the vaccine? They're not getting the vaccine. No, I... I I've heard, uh, you know, a few people talk about it and everything, but at the end of the day, like, for me, it's truly their own opinion on how they feel. It's not someone to really, uh, you know, convince them of, of doing something else or taking the vaccine. 
and i and i trust their judgment on you know how they think about it or they feel and uh, i you know i'm not so uh, anyone to judge uh, them on that let's move into the third set huh? this is the portion of our show where we talk about your career oh, lovely where does your tennis begin so my tennis actually started right here in kolkata uh, you know it's amazing that i'm talking to you from miles away and in kolkata uh yeah yeah you know the funny thing is to i'll take you back on a little story there is the fact that um uh my dad always loved watching tennis he had never known how to play uh so he decided to take a book and teach himself how to play tennis he read about it he learned the continental grip and he said okay this is the way to hit a forehand backhand and there were few other uh, people in different estates staying in kurg and they said okay let's build a tennis court and there were eight members uh, of a small little country club which came up and they built their own tennis court they taught each other tennis or maybe couple of them knew a little bit of more than each other wow. and they start yeah did they make a name for the club yeah it's because where we play uh, in the area it's called madapur m a d a p u r so it's called the madapur club it's a very very small family kind of club i mean you know every member knows each other well how many courts are there now there's still only two courts the <laughs> the land the land there was given uh, to them by my grandfather and then they built the tennis court there two tennis courts and they taught themselves tennis and then you know once uh, my dad got married he taught my mom also tennis actually so they were uh, they were playing tennis and then just of course years later when i was born and uh, only when i was 10 but i used to go to the, uh, you know the club was so close it's literally 5 minute walk and the club right now they've got the pavilion named as the rohan bopana pavilion after so many years the bopana uh, so pavilion the bopana yeah, the, the clubhouse is named after your family you yeah i mean yeah the pavilion tennis court pavilion is called the rohan bopana pavilion right now well that's a fantastic story <laughs> thank you that's incredible thank you so yeah, so, so i I, mean, i have goosebumps even talking about it right now but yeah. how did you get good so so my dad actually uh, you know i used to go watch all the members play and then my dad said okay before school every morning he would take me at 6 am to the tennis court play for an hour and try to teach me tennis but he taught me what he knew was a continental grip i think that's how looking back at it today my serve is my strongest weapon because that is the best grip to have to you know to use your serve and So back then I hit every ground stroke with one grip. Only when I then then he said okay you know he's he obviously saw I was getting uh, pretty good at it and I was enjoying it so he said okay let's go to Bangalore and he took me to Bangalore to a coach there unfortunately this coach is no more uh, but uh, he passed away years ago uh, but he taught me there for some time and then in the when i was 14 years old hold on let me I just went, stop you for a second we have yeah. a mutual friend and and she comes from a tennis background is there a a vigorous tennis community in bangalore would that be fair to say in bangalore yes absolutely okay. i think uh, uh, you know there is uh, uh, you know a lot of people who 
you know, play this sport and every club has tennis courts there, yes. And, and you got good in Bangalore. Actually, didn't get good for the 10 years, uh, to be honest, Craig, even though my junior days was very, very bad. I was not at all a good junior. My breakthrough happened only when I was 21 years old. Uh, you know, I was playing a national tournament. So I was literally a journeyman just going week in, week out, playing the Indian circuit. I played a few international junior tournaments, but I was never really good. I thank my parents even till today, the fact that they allowed me to continue on this passion, this journey, and, you know, support me as much as I, they could. But hang on, man, you got to three in the world and <laughs> you, you had to been, but were you like seeing Mahesh and Leander and were you seeing, were you playing tournaments week in and week out or did you ever quit? Like what, what kind of path did you take to pro tennis? So when I was 14 years old, my dad took me to Pune uh, in a city in uh, Maharashtra where uh, apart from Leander and Mayesh, all the other top Indian players were training there at this Nandan Bal Tennis Academy in Pune. And um, the coach I mentioned, Mr. Balachandran, he was one of the coaches there at that point of time. Uh, so my dad said, okay, you're going to stay here. Uh, and for me, it felt fantastic because I was away from home, away from parents, had my freedom. I was like, okay, this is great. And then um, my dad said, okay, we're going to go shopping today. Even more excited. The first day I was there and he takes me to a bicycle shop and he says, this is what your mode of transport will be. So every day, whether I went to the tennis court, came back, when I went to the fitness center, came back, whatever it may be, it was about 14 to 15 kilometers every day just on my bicycle traveling up and down. And I did that for about four years. You know, and I kept playing tournaments. I kept practicing with those guys. I was probably getting better, getting stronger. But my, the, I still remember the coach there told me when I first came and I was playing matches. He said, he told my dad, he is very, very raw still. He has not played matches. He doesn't really know how to construct a point. So I think there playing with those players helped my game a lot. So by the time I matured, it took me a good six, seven years. So when I played a big tournament uh, in Chennai, uh, when I was 21, it was a national tournament. And I was not seeded or anything. And I ended up beating the top uh, few seeds and winning that tournament. And that's when I think everybody in the country noticed that, you know, I was suddenly came out from nowhere and I was a six foot three guy, uh, you know, suddenly you know, hitting these massive surfs, massive ground strokes, uh, you know, coming into the net, uh, you know, playing big tennis. And 2002 is when I did got a call to represent India at Davis Cup uh, and have my debut. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, it's been a long journey from there. And that's pretty much kind of, uh, you know, how I really started. Rowan Bopana, what a story this is. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Now, yeah. How do you explain the lack of singles in pro tennis for you? How do you become a you know, world-class doubles um, stalwart? I think, the, Craig, for me, the biggest challenge was not having tennis-specific fitness. I felt I had the game, but I never had the movement to compete against the best singles players. And I mean, I had never been taught that. I, I mean, you know, I never even on clay courts, I was never taught to slide or 
the way we need it today when i watch the youngsters way they have uh, so many tennis specific drills and that unfortunately none of the fitness trainers or coaches really knew in india do you do you think you could have been a significant singles player you know i mean obviously you can you know hindsight is always 2020 but do you think you could have been a singles player i i i tr- truly believe yes i yeah. could have uh, you know been a singles player because but unfortunately that that point of my time my parents didn't have the finances to really send me outside and get the best of training uh, you know because it was of course you know very very expensive to do that so we did what you know best we had best opportunity we had here and uh, now i feel that is one thing which you know really would have made the difference and of course when i was i was playing uh, you know futures challengers uh, you know in singles constantly and at one point of time i think 2008 when i was 28 uh, my doubles obviously started getting better i think doubles i was always playing from a young age and i kind of knew i had a very very good idea of doubles i served and volleyed when i played singles so that also kind of made it a easier transition going into the double circuit and uh, you know uh, and i was playing doubles with aisam hulak qureshi from pakistan uh, you know in the challengers and we did really well in the challenger circuit and uh, my singles and doubles ranking were big difference there was almost 200 ranks uh, difference and i had to choose whether to play the atp circuit or the challenger circuit and that's when in 2010 i made a decision to stop playing uh, singles completely and just play doubles and qureshi uh, uh, and me had a breakthrough year that year reaching the quarter finals of uh, wimbledon and then significantly that same year we reached the final of the us open losing to the you know brian brothers and that was i think a game changer and then after that there was no looking back and uh, to focus on doubles and you and qureshi made news because pakistan and india are historic uh, have a historic uh, static right you share a border and there's been static there and what you did was you crossed those borders essentially on the tennis court Uh, yeah i mean uh, that's what uh, uh, you know a lot of people were surprised that we were playing together but for us you know it was just two tennis players playing uh, you know the circuit and uh, i was the only one from india and he was the only one from pakistan so many tournaments when we traveled together uh, you know and, and if you see the tennis circuit you know sometimes you have uh, players from their own country hanging out they don't really you know mix around too much and everything so uh, you know coming from this part of the world the food also was similar what we liked so and the, you know he spoke in urdu i spoke in hindi so the languages also were very very similar so i and we just got along as friends and i knew him for many years before i even started playing doubles with him and uh, you know now do you guys ever have like do you guys ever have like political arguments has anyone ever sent you guys death threats what did it ever get very crazy i think there was at one point of time uh, initially when we started off and then you know after we made that uh, quarter finals and uh, finals there have been only positive messages it's been really great every time we played together i mean literally this year we just played right now in uh, moscow and it it was really good i mean we always uh, you know have had 
really nice gestures from everybody coming uh, you know and watching us and supporting us which is fantastic and uh, in us open we had uh, you know the ambassadors for uh, you know from each country come and watch our match in the semis and the finals and that had never done before you know two ambassadors coming in from india and pakistan and supporting one team you know which was fantastic and uh, tennis can be so know, great right tennis can yeah, really absolutely. tennis can be so great yeah yes absolutely and we both got the uh, we were both peace ambassadors from uh, uh, the you know the highness prince albert from monaco he gave us the peace award which was also fantastic for us who is mahesh to you who's mahesh bupati to you he is first of all a very very dear friend to me he's been a big mentor uh, you know and i've watched him play and uh, you know learned so much from him just watching him and uh, that that one and a half years i played doubles with him from 2012 starting in 2012 to about uh, mid 2013 i learned so much from him in terms of experience and the best part was when we played on the court he would just sometimes just tell me as it is of you know not really worrying about whether i felt bad or, or i felt good or whatever it is i think that communication really helped us clean win a lot of close matches do well together uh, you know so he's been extremely uh, a very very close and dear friend and you know i'm always in touch with him uh, anytime i'm stuck with some advice i always give him a call to you know get his opinion on it cool guy did did he make you better i i 100% think so yeah i mean you know when uh, i moved back from pune uh when i came back to bangalore his father actually was had an academy so i went to his father and i learned quite a bit from his father's academy and that's when i got to know mahesh a lot more and of course being in the davis cup team uh you know i hung out with him a, a real lot uh, you know and even till today unfortunately i don't get to see him as often because he lives in mumbai but uh, you know we're constantly on touch uh, you know on the phone how has doubles changed since you came on tour till now is there something we can see my my sense of it is 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 that serving and volleying is not automatic anymore you just can't do it sometimes the the returns just come back too intense yeah you're absolutely right i think you got that uh, pretty spot on and uh, i think uh, the guys are returning so well yeah, no matter if the ball is coming at 220 230 kilometers also the, the return comes with that much interest as well uh so i think a lot of players mixing serve and volleying has changed their way you have to adapt to the situation i mean it helped uh, me some uh, when i'm playing especially on the clay courts i don't really serve and volley i serve maybe hit a ground stroke and then go to the net because sometimes you hit a great serve and you could be straight away on the defensive you know hitting a low volley off your feet or a half volley you know so would it be fair to say the tennis has gotten too slow or just the athleticism and the technology has gotten too good i think both both the courts have you know definitely become slower and uh, you know especially so many times when you mention uh, athleticism uh, i look at dennis shapovala when i play with him there are a couple of times it has happened or during the match where i think the point is over <laughs> and from nowhere this kid 
it's just flying and he's, you know, the ball is black in play and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to be ready here. You know, but that's, you know, I see these youngsters, the way they move. You know, sometimes uh, I keep telling Dennis, you know, this, this is, I need to watch something else. I can't, uh, you know, the way you slide on, whether it's a hard court, clay court, grass court. I said, I, I don't even know how you do it. I, sometimes I feel you, you don't even have ankle bones when you're, when you're sliding there. Man, you know, it's funny. I remember when I first laid eyes on Rafa Nadal, I called Jim Courier. I said, man, I don't even recognize this as a sport. And he said, hey, man, I was one in the world, and I don't recognize it. Wow. Is it, is it becoming unrecognizable do you think maybe the technology needs to have some regulations do you have any kind of uh, opinion of that no i don't think so no. uh, i think it's it's great for the game uh you know because the way these guys now focus on their work ethics and put in that time and really you know that shows on the court and i think that is what has made the difference uh you know they they are there day in, day in, day out, putting in the hours, putting in the work, you know, the commitment of uh, making sure they're eating right, they're having, uh, you know, a fitness coach, a physiotherapist, uh, you know, a great team around them. I think that, is, that has made the difference and, you know, really helped. And, and that shows in that, uh, you know, in the game, I feel. Sorry, are you guys out of Davis Cup? You are, huh? Yeah, we are, we we are uh, we lost to Finland, so now we're waiting to see who we play once this Davis Cup is finished. That's got to be disappointing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, right now we are at a group two uh, playoff stage. Uh, obviously, with the new format, everything changed. Before, when we lost in the group one, we'd come back to the Asia Oceania zone, and right now that is not there. Everything is. Uh, you know, one zone, and that makes a big difference. And I keep telling the youngsters who are there, uh, you know, we, we, we did have a couple of good chances to really uh, do well, but unfortunately, uh, you know, the uh, lack of experience, uh, you know, does take uh, a toll sometimes. And, uh, you know, we need to fight fight it back and fight hard and to get back to the, you know, group one and world group playoffs. Let's move into the fourth set. This is the 10-ball scramble. I say it, and you say what comes in your mind, okay? Okay. The best doubles team you've ever played? Brian Brothers. Why? I think they just uh, communicate extremely well, and that, I think, makes a top doubles team. Your favorite tournament? Australian Open. Your favorite city? New York City. Your favorite court? Can be any court in the world. Has to be the grass courts of Wimbledon. Your favorite player growing up? Stefan Edberg. And on the women's side, please? Gabriela Sabatini. That's a good that's a good pair. That's Edberg and Sabatini. Yes. How is your golf? Average. The best Indian restaurant in New York City. Do you have one? I think. Actually, to be honest, I don't have one because when I'm there, I eat all the other different cuisines and I don't really go into, uh, uh, you know, an Indian restaurant when I'm there because I have some friends who get, give me home-cooked food. Do you eat Indian uh, on the road? Will you go into a spot in London? Will you go to, you know, Dishoon or anything like that? Yeah, I go to, uh, in London, I go to this restaurant called Chakra. Chakra. 
chakra. That's it's the real deal. Good. And how about in LA? That you have a sp- do you have a do you have any, do you have a <clears throat> spot in LA? Actually, it's very funny. I don't really come to LA at all. Very very rarely. It's only maybe I land there and drive straight, or maybe one night. Right. I don't really spend time in LA, even though my first ATP title was in LA. When should a club player poach? Just seconds before he sees the opponent hit the ball. And does the poach need to be on, or should be players always be poaching? Really, isn't isn't doubles all about just kind of crossing? Just shouldn't shouldn't everyone be thinking about crossing all the time? Absolutely, they definitely should be doing that, and uh, it'll be nice if they do tell their partner they're poaching as well. It does help. You so you think club players should be communicating? Two hundred percent. Two hundred percent. Yes. Let's move into the fifth set. This is the king of the court. If you could be the king of tennis and you can make a change in the sport with just a swing of the racket, no aggravation, what would it be? Getting all players to come together. Regarding? Everything. I think we have too many opinions. I think just to have a majority of everything and that will change the sport in a big way. Are you active politically in tennis or do you keep it pretty light? I'm very uh, light in that aspect. Do you think tennis has a is at a is in a crisis moment with regards to you know maybe its popularity with with Rafa Fed you know sort of taking their last turns or at least Fed taking his last turn around the sun? I think we have a great set of uh, players out there which which have to come together and really be marketed well and you know given an example and tennis has to be shown in each and every part of the globe. And I think we have the players to do that. It just has to be done really professionally. Hey, man, I, I liked you when I met you. We, we got a chance to see each other in Beverly Hills for a minute, and then we saw each other in Indian Wells. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I want to thank you for the coffee. Thanks. Thank you for having me, Craig. I think I need to re-up on this coffee. I think I got to... Do you, do, you, do you sell it uh, internationally? Can I get yeah, it? Funny thing, funny thing is, unfortunately, we don't as yet. Uh, we're working on a few distributors to get it to, you know, the U.S. Because I really believe the product is good, so we just need to get it out there. And uh, till I do that, uh, when I see you next time, I shall have some more coffee for you. But my, thank my you man. so much That's for what I'm ta- yeah. listen. That was terrific. Enjoy the back end of your year. Enjoy the holidays, Rowan Bopana. You are released. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you for having me, and it was lovely chatting with you today. Huge thank you to Rowan Bopana, and thank you to Sergio Tacchini. See them at SergioTacchini.com, and use my code SHAP30 at checkout to receive 30% off of your order. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released.